Welcome to Winning in the Workplace. Hi, I'm Gordy Rush and I'm with my good friend Maurice Velasquez from Team Real World. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gordy. How are you? I am good. And, you know, in this show, we're going to dive into four basic things to help every single company grow. And, Maurice, I'm going to let you just roll them out. Well, Give me thanks. four things. First of all, how to create better leadership. Okay. All right. Then, of course, that has to lead into growing the business. So, how do you grow your lead? Uh, how do you grow your business? But there's two things that keep us from doing that, and that is how can we be more aligned so that we can grow the business? Okay. And how can we engage our teams to own their jobs better, become better leaders within their own work environment, and help the business grow? So it's leadership, it's growth, it's alignment, and it's engagement. That's what we're about. Fair enough. Before we jump into those four things, sure. let's uh, tell us a little bit. The, the name of the show is Winning in the Workplace. Right. You can find us online at winningintheworkplace.com. You can also find this in the Talk 107.3 mobile app and on the webpage. Where else can we find you, Mo? Uh, you can call us at uh, 225-772-HELP, which is 772-4357. Or you can email me directly at maurice at teamrealworld.com. Again, t- maurice at teamrealworld.com. All right, Maurice, let's jump in. And, you know, I've met hundreds and thousands of business owners, managers, employees, and they have one thing in common. They want to grow. Of course. And they want a workplace that's going to allow them to grow. That's what everybody wants. They want a workplace to where they know they can bring their talent and bring their opinions. Now, Maurice, we also know that every company wants to grow. Some want to grow faster and aggressive, and some are happy with a slow, steadier pace. Right. It means different things to different people. Yeah. Some now want to grow by opening more offices, maybe expand a product line, reach better sales numbers, while yet others don't want any part of that. Right. They want to grow in efficiency and become more organized. Yep. Yep. Correct. All right. So I think you're going somewhere with this. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so my question is this. What keeps them from growing there's a lot of frustration right by everyone that right they don't know how to reach right. that next level what is it well how many times have you heard it's so hard to find good people many times okay especially and, in south louisiana yeah right? and, and what about this one man if ah, my people i mean what's with their attitude mm-hmm. right right well it really boils down to the two things we talked about earlier the, the what keeps companies from growing is that they're very disengaged Okay, the employees are very disengaged um, and that creates an incredible amount of frustration Uh, and they're disengaged for a reason. And that is that they're misaligned. So if you if you wouldn't mind, let's take this. Let's slide these up. Is that all right? No, let's do this. Let's first of all, let's jump into what does it mean for disengagement? All right. If you go to the site, Gallup.com, which is the national standard on workplace statistics. Right. It has it has the workplace engagement across all industries at a whoppingly low 33%. Wow, one third. One third. That means that any given American employee, and it doesn't matter, Gordy, whether you're a frontliner or you're an executive, by and large, across all industries, we're only 33% engaged. Now, out of any five days on the week, you know what that boils down to? It's less than that's about two. Not it's even? not even two. Okay. It's, it's 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 just a little bit of, it's hair shy of, of one and a half days. All right. Well, tell me this. What does disengagement mean? Well, disengagement means anything that people are working on that's not helping the business grow. All right. So okay. When, so, it, yeah. so so let me just okay. say this. It doesn't mean you're playing solitaire. Mm-hmm. Okay. It means that you're working, but you're the work that 
that your people are doing, it's not really going anywhere. I mean, how many times have you been asked to provide a report or show up at a meeting and it doesn't go anywhere? Things just don't produce. Well, that happens so many times across the board over and over again. It just creates a sense of, well, I don't know why I did that report, but I guess I'm doing that report. Mm -hmm. And people keep busy, but it doesn't engage them to where it helps the business grow. That's disengagement. All right. So when you say employees, who do you mean? Uh, I'm talking about everybody. Everybody. I hate to say this. Airplane pilots, surgeons, executives, businessmen, uh, sales reps, uh, technicians, mechanics, engineers. It, It is across the board how much all statistics show that that our engagement levels are very low. So if they are not doing the things that the company needs them to do, what are they working on? Well, they're working. For example, you and I went into a meeting not too long ago, Mm -hmm. okay, in which we were discussing what each department was doing. All right. And half the conversations you recall were like, why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. It's not that that it's wrong work. It's just why are they doing that now? What it what, what, what they could be working on um, training training people on a particular software, where it, it that may be the right thing to do, but it's not the right thing to do now. So, because we need that department to be doing something else. So they're not aligned with what the organization's priorities Correct. are, right? Correct. So this so, is not being aligned. So yes, yes. boom. That means workers aren't working. Are disengaged. Okay. Okay. But who who can tell, okay, is the staff. Because, see, what happens, the misalignment happens all the way at the top, mm-hmm. okay? So, for example, uh, you have executives that are, in a lot, that are not aligned with each other. Let's start at the top layer, okay? Executives are not aligned with each other. And, again, I could ask any, any, any audience member, anybody who's, who's listening, is how many times do you hear one business owner say something in one meeting only to be absent at the next meeting and another business owner says something totally different? Or on Monday someone says something, only by Tuesday somebody else at the executive level is saying, well, you know, that's, that, we, don't, we don't want to do that this quarter. That will be next quarter. Gotcha. Yeah, but wait a minute. I just came out of that meeting mm-hmm. in which I was told we were going to do that this quarter, and I've already told my district manager we're going to do that. The words down in the street at the branch manager that hey look guys we're going to be working on this initiative only to now be told by another executive that marketing is not willing to fund fund it and because they got pushed back because they made a decision it's not going to go into the fourth quarter that level of misalignment creates an incredible amount of frustration at the frontliners because the frontliners know that this happens way too often so who do you go with yeah no, no, I, I understand. So it, it's a cascading effect, right? That's, That's going to go from the executives all the way down. How do you get all, them aligned? All, 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 well, you, you, you have to be able to get them aligned by asking the question, really, is, is the branch man, sorry, the middle managers, okay? The middle managers are the ones that should help you to get aligned and stay aligned, okay? For example, if the, if the executives, they should be able to go down to the managers and communicate to them their goals mm-hmm. and their plans, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the managers at that point should be able to come together and have everybody understand what how they're supposed to get organized to implement these things. So the first thing to do is to get everybody to play in their roles. The executive should speak in terms of goals and, and, and strategic plans, mm-hmm. okay? The managers should get themselves organized and each other organized and then implement down to the staff. And then the staff's role is to implement. Okay. Oftentimes the managers don't get aligned. They don't get organized. That makes the executives get into the minutiae. That that makes executives jump into the weeds. 
And then what do executive, what do branch managers do? They pretty much just say, all right, fine. If you guys want to get involved, I'm out, right. I'm out of here. And right. then, and then that cycle continues until eventually the managers have to get themselves organized and say, all right, we've got to stay in the middle and we've got, we have to be the ones to keep this organized. So give me two ways. How, how do you get the managers or to, to get the super get those supervisors, the middle management to buy into what the executives are saying. And then secondly, how difficult does it become for those managers to listen about the problems to the downside that they're having? So you're trying to get the middle people engaged up and down. How do you get that done? Well, the first thing to do is listen. Okay. The middle managers have to listen to the executives. Okay. They have to hear what is it that they want. What is it they want to accomplish? Understand the goals of what they want to do, all right? But then the managers need to do the same thing to the frontliners and go and listen to them. Gotcha. Okay? Because if you don't listen to the staff, then the staff's going to feel like all we do here is announce decisions and we're really not involved. But if you want to get them aligned, then you have to be able to listen to the executives, listen to the staff, and then bring them together. All right, Maurice. Now, yes. we'll continue this in our next segment, what executives and managers can do right now to help if you would give me some specifics what do you offer team Real yeah World? every three months we offer a complimentary 90-minute breakfast for business owners and managers to learn how to assess their companies and how to assess the second thing is to have us come in and meet with your executives and your managers for 90 minutes and help us let us tr understand your needs and help us assess where you are and what the possibilities of, of, of doing this. And third is for business owners and managers to attend our one-day boot camp on how to assess your teams and learn how to implement the alignment model. Now, Maurice, give me a little bit more information on this sure. boot camp. And I believe you you got a group discount possibly? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Any callers who mention this show will receive 50% 50, 50 off of any second attendee. Mm-hmm. So that's a good special. And the boot camp's a one-day, It's a one-day boot camp. It starts at 8.30, okay. 4.30. Uh, it's, it's very engaging. It's very, it's, very, it's very challenging because it really makes uh, executives really think about their roles of what it means for them to work through their managers, and it challenges the managers on how to step up to be the leaders that the company needs them to be. So it's a very challenging, uh, very eye-opening, and it's better if two people within the same company show up. Okay. All right, yeah. because, especially if you get an executive and manager to show up, because you can then say, all right, I see what's happening back at our company, and then two people can then come back and implement it. It's a lot more difficult if just one. That's why we offer that second-person second special. Okay, we'll cover more in our next segment. You're listening to Winning the Workplace with Gordy Rush and Maurice Velasquez. Maurice, tell us where to reach for these assessments in the boot camp. Yeah, uh, call me at 225-772-4357, which is 772-HELP, or email me at maurice at teamrealworld.com. You are listening to Winning in the Workplace on WBRP Talk 107.3 FM. Welcome back to Winning in the Workplace on Talk 107.3 FM. Gordy Rush along with Maurice Velasquez from Team Real World. Segment two in our ongoing discussion about alignment. How do companies get aligned? And, you know, Maurice, uh, we're talking about getting aligned and also increasing employee engagement. Right. That's our topic That's right. here. That's right. Um, all there's no there's no other way to, to, to slice it. Uh, if you want employees to get engaged, you have to create alignment from the top down. Right. And it's a domino effect. It works the other way around. If executives and managers get aligned with each other, 
it creates an environment in which staff will get engaged. All right. So the fact that people are so disengaged at work is because everyone, especially the leadership teams, are simply not aligned. Yeah, they're not aligned and they're making decisions without going talking to their staff, which we'll cover in the next segment. But yes, that's part of it. But at the very core of it is you have to have alignment at the top, which creates alignment in the bot in the middle, which creates engagement at the, at the staff level. So how do we get aligned? I know we'll only have time to cover two today, but yeah. how, how do we get aligned right. and engaged? So you and I right now are are, are are enjoying the fact that the LSU Tigers are at the soup at the World Series finals right, right. I mean it's pretty exciting all right we're gonna see them take this the trophy home so let me ask you this question do you think that they practice how every day every day sure. right all right and 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 so what would happen if they said well you guys we're gonna practice on Monday okay from 11 to 4. And then somebody says, well, I really can't be there. I'm not going to be there until Tuesday. No. Doesn't work. Why not? Doesn't work. You, you get out of rhythm. You, you just, you're out of sync. You're out of rhythm. You're, you, you know, it, it reminds me of golf a little bit. Okay. If I don't let, hit let, balls every day, even right. if it's for 15 right. minutes, well, then I lose that tempo and rhythm. Let's apply it to a marching band. Okay, for let's example. do right. that. Let's do a marching band, all right? What if a marching band, so guys, practice is after uh, after all classes are out. We're going to meet in this, at the stadium at 4 o'clock to 5.30, and we do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the trumpet section says, ah, we'll show up on Fridays. Yeah. Okay, the point is clear, okay? You can't really create alignment if people aren't willing to show up at the same time to where they come together and practice right, on how it. to be a team. So you, you got to so meet on a regular basis. You so have to meet on a regular who, basis. Who? Who's got to well, meet well, on a regular well, basis? Well, different groups, okay. okay? But let's just start. Let, let me just say this, okay? Is the com- the number one rule of alignment is teams have to be committed to meet each other regularly once a week. Now, some teams will get in just minutes, which some teams meet longer than others. But if I want to be aligned with you, then there has to be a meeting in which we show up regularly and it is religious every week. Okay. So let's get into the question of who. Okay. There's three levels in the company. You got it. Okay. You got the executive level, you have the middle managers, and you have the frontliners. It's, it's interesting, Gordy, how I visit with a lot of companies and a lot of executives, and the executives know and understand this. They just don't have the discipline to meet with each other on a regular basis and have substantial, good, crucial conversations to talk about the whole of the business. They want to talk. They want to meet. But somehow it just falls apart. And then, you know what? It's just not worth it. The CFO goes one way, the CEO, the CEO goes a, di- a different direction, the director of operations, you know what I'm saying? It just falls apart. And then it's left up to everybody to kind of chase each other and make things happen. But there's not a discipline to talk, so therefore they're not as aligned. Then they have to resort to email, hallway conversations, a meeting here, a meeting there. And then everybody gets filled with meetings that don't really go a long way. Because not everyone's in the same room to talk about what needs to be talked about. So I'll put this to you: Is it obviously discipline means making it a priority? It has to be, and it's not like, getting it, caught up in the it's, stuff. It's, so it's, how do you come religious. in from the outside and make it a priority? Well, everybody has the same time as I do. Everybody understands that ten o'clock is ten o'clock, and yeah. we're going to meet from ten to eleven thirty, and it happens on Monday. And there's a commitment to showing up. The the breakdown in communication, Gordy, is not so much a breakdown in what happens in the room. 
it's the breakdown of not showing up and not coming ready to talk. So you got to get people to you got to get people to agree. Look, guys, we have to make a a, a a good shot at it. Let me ask you this: you you've seen uh, I forget which race it was just recently. All right, uh, uh, car race, pit stop, NASCAR, Formula One. Okay, yeah. those guys whenever they when they go for a pit stop, they're waiting for the car to arrive, right? And within seconds, four or five seconds, that car is out of there. How do they get there, in and out within four seconds? Well, they practice it over and over again. Okay, sure. so but they've we, had experience. But right. what do we do in the workplace? A bad meeting happens. Do we practice again? No, you learn from it, and and hopefully. But we but meet, we normal, meet the next time. But we we normally don't do that. Oh right. We get frustrated. Right. Oh, such and such didn't know how to run a meeting. Such and such didn't show up late. Showed up late. Such and such on their cell phone. Such and such hogged the whole thing. The other person grants. We don't have an agreed way in which we're going to engage each other because everybody brings their own style, their own habits, and no one says, "Hold on, guys." We know how to have a meeting. If we don't, let's get somebody in here that can teach us how to have an effective meeting, which is what we do. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, Gordy. Our biggest hurdle is not so much teaching them how to have a good meeting. It's getting them to show up. It's just getting the show up. It's you just feel, show yeah. up. Okay, so because getting the, them to show it, up it, and commit. I mean, yeah, so much of our workbook is spent on the commitment to create the rhythm to show up at meetings. And the consistency of that is what forces everybody to say, fine, if I'm going to show up here for an hour and a half every week and I'm going to be told that this is top priority and that I have to block time in my schedule to do this, then we better make this a good meeting. Okay, when everybody gets to that point of realization that I'm going to be sitting here, now we're talking, now we're committed, now let's talk about what does it mean to have a good meeting, which we'll cover in a different segment, how to actually have the good meeting, but so much of it is lost that people just don't show up. They show up late, or when they do show up, they're all looking at their watch. I want out of here. Yeah. Why? Because I don't want to be here. I know you said 11 to 12.30, but I don't want to engage with you for an hour and a half. So you know what? Can we just get through the agenda fast? And so again, I come back. I know sometimes I sound like a broken record on the importance of this. It's it's first, you have to have a commitment to a rhythm and to a block of time that says we're going to meet for an hour and a half, talk about the whole of the business. So then another question is, yeah, but who meets? Right. For example, if you have 300 offices scattered through three states, right? Well, then the district manager of Alabama needs to sit down for at least an hour a week with the branch managers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Why? Because there is they need to discuss the whole of their business. They don't need to talk about what's happening in Mississippi. They need to talk about what happens in Arizona. They got to talk about the whole of their business. Now, what about the national directors who perhaps oversee five states? And those states have, you know, one representative. Well, each each national director meets with its reports underneath them for what? Perhaps an hour, a week, and they talk about the whole of their business. Now, some people are probably listening and going, "Yeah, but I don't have three hundred people, man. I have like twelve. Okay." How many sales reps do you have? Well, we have one sales rep and the sales manager. How often do they meet and talk about the whole of the business as it relates to sales? You see what I'm saying? You just have to ask everybody, is everybody have a place to go to align with their supervisors so they can talk about the whole of the business? All right. So real, real quick, we've got a minute here to wrap this. Sure. Who meets with whom? If you were to define the, the five groupings. Executives need to meet with each other. Okay. Number two, executives and the manager management team need to meet with each other. All right. Gotcha. Then the managers meet with each other as a group without the executives. 
Gotcha. Then the managers meet with their supervisors, and then their supervisors meet with their staff. All right, so five people Yeah, there. and the most important meeting of those is the one that you find least in companies, and that is the managers meeting with other managers as a group without the executives. No, what, that's, what, that's what true leadership is built. Gotcha, no. You know, what, what, what happens now? You just listed five meetings, and some of those you've got three people. Yeah. Uh, three groups of people meeting, uh, a group of meeting, group of people meeting three times a week. What if they say there are too many meetings? What, what do you come back with? I come back with saying then we probably need to cancel the ones that are not effective. Keep the good meetings. You know what? Let me just ask you this: How many times do you how many times do you strike out? Well, plenty. So what? Stop batting. No, you keep batting. And learn how to do what? Do it right. Hit there the ball. you go. Same thing. Okay. You keep meeting until you realize you know what we can cancel some meetings because those meetings are strikeout meetings. And then get good at certain meetings, and it's incredible, Gordy, how this just happens. When you start having this rhythm of me- of good meetings, things begin to happen because you're making aligned decisions on a weekly basis. All right. We'll continue uh, with our next segment. But right now, help, help us out. What can sure. executive managers do right now to help you, their team? Oh, there's, there's three things we're, we're encouraging everybody to do. First of all, every month we offer a complimentary 90-minute breakfast for business owners and managers to learn how to assess this and how to use the alignment model. Second, to have us come in and meet with your executive team and your managers on, and have that discussion with your group for about a good hour, I want to have, help us understand your meeting. And third, for business owners to attend our one-day boot camp with one of your managers and come and learn how to do this in a one-day exclusive session on how to learn the steps on on, on being able to implement this. We've talked about you. You advise if you're going to send one person, send two. Send two. You got to send two. You really do. And preferably if it's two at different levels, an executive and a manager. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now you've got group discounts available. Absolutely. For every second person, 50% off. And uh, also, if uh, you'd like to call in, uh, oh, yeah. first off, give us the contact information. Sure, contact Maurice at TeamRealWorld.com or call me at 225-772-4357. That's 772-HELP. And if they mention they heard it right here on this program? 50% off the sec- every second person you bring to the workshop. All right. We'll be back with uh, more. You're listening to Winning in the Workplace on Talk 107.3 FM. Welcome back to Winning in the Workplace on WBRP Talk 107.3 FM. I'm Gordy Rush joined by Maurice Velasquez from Team Real World. And we're talking about getting aligned and increasing employee engagement. So, Maurice, we've covered one of the various steps to help us get aligned. And now let's dive into more details, and we'll do that in these future shows. But today, tell me this, what's the number one way to help everyone get engaged? All right. Uh, This is a tough one. Okay. uh, But it's it's essential. I like tough ones. It's a tough one, all right? And it's this. Uh, companies, executives, leaders, they have to be committed to sincerely listen to the opinions and instruction and feedback and criticism and recommendations from the staff. And they have to be willing to make 60 to 80% of the decisions based on employee feedback. All right. Let's, so let's start down that road. How do you get this information? What's the best way to get it from? Well, the best way to do this is, again, remember when we talked about the whole alignment, you got to have supervisors meeting with the people on a regular right. basis. That's ultimately what's going to create the habit. But to get it started, one of the best and most powerful ways is to, to initiate an anonymous employee survey. That's, uh, it's better if if a third-party company does it, because most of the time, company uh, employees just don't trust that... Uh, they don't trust SurveyMonkey? Well, they trust SurveyMonkey, 
But depending on who who's gonna no, get okay, it, okay, it's not who's who, the monkey. Yeah, it, it's the it's it's what an old is what I forget which which politician once one time said. It's not so much who votes, but who counts the vote. Okay, it's okay. not so much the the feedback you got, but who got the feedback. I hear you. Okay, and so if I know that the director of operations or the the director of HR uh, or that whoever is going to read the raw data. And yet, there's going to be a lot of comments about that person in that survey. What are the chances employees are not going to be, are not going to tell you what they feel? Yeah. Oh, it's you. not going to happen. No, no. Okay. Or what if they know that the director of operations or the HR is really close friends with the CEO or the COO, and everybody knows the CEO is causing a lot of tension and unnecessary conflict? Are they really going to say things if they know that there's friendships there? Okay, so oh, you ha- you have to have an honest uh, an honest environment and say we're gonna we're gonna hire a third party company. We'll use a trusted site like SurveyMonkey. I think SurveyMonkey is extremely uh, reliable. Okay, but it's not people don't have problems with SurveyMonkey itself. They have a problem with who gets so it. So who should get it? Who should the feedback go a th- to? A third party, a third, a third party, party company. Okay, okay? Right. and that third party company looks at the data. And gives okay. It- and remove several things from it. Okay, they remove any rated R language. Right. Okay, it makes it professional. Okay, damn. Yeah, I know. All right, and then it 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 also removes a lot of heated drama around the issue because mm-hmm. what frustrates employers is that they go ask for feedback, and what they get is is a kernel of content, but it's surrounded a lot of drama. Right. Right. And so what the thir- a good third party company does is that they remove a lot of the drama and take out the kernel of what's being said. And the way they present it to the executives and the leadership team is in a compiled, organized way of saying, look, they seem to be saying this. So there's an interpretive factor that the third party company can do to not get the recipients, the leaders into uh, a defense mechanism. All right. Uh, and the reason for doing it that way, third third party companies do this. This is what we do for for companies is is we make it easy for the executives to hear what it is they're saying, yeah, and to give the staff a real voice to say what needs to be said, even though it may hurt. At least they get the confidence that it got said. All right, what a lot of companies do at this point is they get the data in in this interpretive report and they don't share it with the staff. Well, I mean. Wait that's a minute. The, I gave time, I, right? I gave feedback in February. We know the feedback was put in an executive report because supposedly that's what happened. Here we are in June, and we have no idea what was said because they don't want to release it. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think is going to happen to morale? That's it's you wasted my time. I don't care. You don't care. Yeah, and right. then and then eight months later, November, December, January right. comes around. What do they do? Hey, we want to get your employee. You want to get your your feedback as to how you things are. Yeah, but we didn't do anything with with it last time. So there has to be a commitment. That, look, if you're going to ask, you got to let the staff know what was said, and it's incredibly powerful. And you know this that if staff members critique the company and it's constructive criticism, okay, and they show it back to the staff, the staff looks at that document and go. They actually said, they actually read what we said. And you know what I'm saying? Our, our message is there. All right. Then the executive and leadership team, the management team, they have a decision to make. Are we going to implement these changes or are we going to ignore them? So what we tell companies all the time is if you have to listen, okay, and you have to listen and act on a lot of these things. It doesn't mean you act on all of them, but you have to create, instead of a yes, no paradigm, you create a four level. Okay. Now, soon later and we'll see 
In other words, thank you for all your feedback. Here are the things we're willing to do now. Here's the things we're willing to do soon. Here's the things we're willing to do later. Here's the things we're willing to do. I don't know when. Okay. But when you have, for example, a group of administrative assistants or legal secretaries or something, you have 10, 15, 20 of them. And it's clear that the legal assistants got together before the survey and they lobbied each other. Yes. It's clear. Okay. Hey, y'all. Put this issue, and you can read the, the administration. coffee. That's right. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's you know those are easy victories. Yeah, sure. Okay. What about this one? Our workload is so high that if we don't fix this, there's going to be a huge major walkout. Boycott. Okay. Well, when you read that it doesn't just come from one person, but there's two, sure. there's three, they're there's talking. four, there's eight. They're talking. Right. Well, if you don't address that, they're telling you. They, they're not probably going to walk out, okay? But what are they telling you? They are frustrated. To what level? To where they're going to get disengaged. So what should happen is the executives and the managers have a golden opportunity to say, okay, we hear y'all. Can we talk a little bit more about that and create these conversations so that you guys have the freedom to tell us what it is that made you say that, and we will try to find a way to fix it. So we talked. You talked about the anonymous surveys. Sorry, no, room sorry. The other, the other right to go right. is you and I have done this before. Yeah. We've gone into companies. We've even done it here. Where we said, all right, executives, managers, out of the room. Yeah. Go get lunch. Go get uh, food. Get get soft drinks. We have an hour and a half, two hour after work or after hours or in the middle of the day, mm -hmm. and let's create an open dialogue to where it's an open fest for all. Yes. Okay, an open discussion. It's fun. It's engaging. It's lively. And they look around the walls. They put notes, and they realize, whoa, guys, we're we're are we going to get trouble for doing this? <laughs> you know, and they and they have a lot of fun with each other. But what comes out of it is some really good feedback. All right, if you fix just ten percent of that over the next four months. I'm telling you, their engagement level just shoots through the roof because now all of a sudden their opinion counts. There's a great book out there called First Break All the Rules in which it lists out on page 28 the 12 things that managers should do across the board. I mean, they interviewed hundreds and hundreds of management teams, and they came up with these 12. It's still the standard of, of management right now. Okay, These 12 things that managers should do to, to, keep, to keep great employees. At the very heart of it, number seven, is you have to show that their opinion sincerely counts. Well, what better way to do that than to go ask them yeah. and then put it on paper and say, is this what you guys said? Is this what we need to fix? And then get busy about how to fix it. All right, so you get the information. Uh, for either you get it from the survey, the open room discussion. Right. Yeah, we talked to uh, the supervisors uh, have good staff means and they push it up. But th then the challenge is how do you get the supervisor to run that thing up the pole? Well, so that, that, that's, where, that's where you do have to have some, some real agreements across the board that, look, we're trying to do this all as a team, okay? We need you supervisors. We've, we've invested a lot of money in this survey. We've uh, created these open discussions. Now we need you guys to go and get the details of what they mean by the feedback that they gave us and come back to us. So it's an expectation. Don't make it up to the supervisors to have to figure out whether I have permission to go and tell you. No. Go get this data. Everyone has two weeks to go meet with your teams and get information about these five things we want to fix. Come back and tell us. Don't tell us the names and hit hard. Hit really hard and convince the supervisors that it's safe to do that. When supervisors realize they can go up one time and say some hard things and no one got in trouble, I'm telling you, you're halfway there. Opens up it, the, it, it, opens it really up the faucet. It, 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 it increases trust. Sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, it works. We're gonna, let's, it works. We'll continue with more yeah, of this sure. in alignment in our next segment. 
But uh, you've got a special offer for executives and managers. If they need help right away, you can help them at Team Real. Yeah, uh, three things. Every month we offer a complimentary 90-minute breakfast for business owners and managers to learn how to assess this and how to implement the alignment model. Second of all, to have us come in. Instead of coming to eat breakfast with us, just have us come in for 90 minutes and meet with your executive and leadership management team and have the same discussion. But at your side, it's a lot more tailored. The third option is for a business uh, executive, a business owner, and a manager to come to our one-day boot camp where we teach you the details of the alignment model and how to apply it. It's better if you come in twos, one from the executive level and one from the manager level. So you can get a little taste. You really get the is. breakfast. Right. You can right. bring it to them. Yeah. Right. But really, I tell the boot camp is where you're, you're going to get the most bang for the, your buck. Uh, your, your boot camp is where you get it real knee deep into it, waist deep into it, and you get all the steps. All right. Group discounts if they 50% if they off. This. If any of your callers call in, mention this show, you get 50% off every, every second person you bring. So any second attendee, any, the, yes, right, the, will the, mention the, it. The second, the fourth, the sixth. Yeah, because you want to. we're trying to say come in two by twos. Got you. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Three ways in which uh, you can uh, get some help from Team Real World. This is Winning in the Workplace. Gordy Rush with Maurice Velasquez. Uh Finally, give us that contact information. Sure. We gave them all these great specials. Now, e- email me at maurice at teamyourworld.com or call me at 225-772-4357. That's 772-HELP. All right. You are listening to Winning in the Workplace on WBRP Talk 107.3 FM. Welcome back to Winning in the Workplace on Talk 107.3 FM WBRP. I am Gordy Rush. He is Maurice Velasquez from Team Real World, and we're talking about getting aligned and increasing employee engagement. Okay, so uh, I know we'll discuss the other steps of the alignment model in future shows, but I have this question for you. Sure, sure. Who is responsible to make sure everyone stays aligned? The managers. The managers. And that is a big pill to swallow for the managers because they are often rightly frustrated with the continual misalignment that happens at the executive level that the managers tend to grow frustrated and they throw their hands up in the air and says, well, look, we're, we're not going to baby them. We're not going to hold their hands. If the executives can't get together and the executives can't get on the same page, then we're just not going to do it. And oftentimes managers reach that point. And, uh, and I mean, you can imagine, understandably, that it is just over months or years of that happening to where they lose sight of the fact that from the beginning, it's in the role and the responsibility of the managers to start the alignment and create the rhythm. Don't let folks get too far from alignment and be the ones that always are keeping the alignment, okay? Because uh, they're, they're, the, they're at the advantage point where nobody else is at. The executives can only see so much. A lot of people think, you know, the executives, they, they, they're sitting in their ivory tower and they should be able to know what the answers are. They, they, they don't. They don't know what's happening in the front lines, okay? And the frontliners don't know what's happening at the executive table. But the managers have an advantage point. So the managers are the ones that should be able to set the rhythm, set the pattern, set the expectation and say, okay, executives, we really need you guys to dot, dot, dot. Okay, staff, we need you guys, dot, dot, dot. And they're in the middle for a reason. Okay. And so a good management team, they will make sure that their individual silos are aligned. The marketing manager talks to their marketing reps, and they talk to their marketing VP, right? Sales to their sales reps to their sales VP, okay? So every manager has to stay aligned with their own executive and their own people. 
but then the managers across the departments have to be committed to align to each other across departments without having the executives have to say, come on, boys, come on, Johnny, come on, Susie, come together. You know, leadership is who's proactive. So if the, if the executives have to be the ones that say, okay, managers, get aligned, get organized, well, then who's acting like the manager? Yeah. The executives. Executive. Okay. So our program, the alignment model, is a very empowering leadership program because it teaches middle managers how to step out of those boundaries of fear and depredation and over-concern and not feeling like they're not in power. Our program basically shows our alignment model teaches the executives the wonderful jewel of realizing so we can't get organized. The only ones that can really get us organized are the manager. And when the managers realize that they have this empowerment and they put it to practice, it starts working. It's like a domino effect. It takes a long time to set it up, but then it happens. They've got to commit to meeting each week. That's we've, right. We've talked about They've that. they got to listen to their people. And then one big key, looking at some notes here, you talk about avoid triangulation. Yeah, it's one, of our, it's, it's one of our favorite words. Yeah, right? so why don't you define tri- <laughs> triangulation? <laughs> Let's try that. Triangulation, okay? And it's funny, it's not when you try to triangulate a phone call. Yeah, so, you okay. Know, it's got nothing to do with that, all right? Triangulation is when, let's see, well, the best example to give you is this. It's when, uh, I'll, I'll uh, you know, we'll, we'll blame the executives, okay? It's when an executive goes to the marketing manager and tells them ABC, and then he, for whatever reason, goes and tells the director of operations B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're conflicting messages. And then uh, the two managers talk to each other only to realize that we have different information. Somebody triangulated this. They created a triangle. Okay? Got you. Instead of clear lines of communication. It happens the other way around like this. Let's say uh, uh, several managers get together to talk about a particular project, a problem, uh, initiative, and they all agree on a game plan. And they, they spend a good 45 minutes having a discussion, and they agree, all right, guys, we're going to do one, two, three. They leave the meeting, and one of the managers just realizes two minutes later in the hall that they don't really agree. So then they go and tell one of the executives. And that executive goes, whoa, wait a minute, they're going to do what? Then he happens to mention it to another executive. And that executive goes, now, wait a minute, I'm not, and now how many people are involved? Too many. Right, well, yeah. but but it's not only too many, but too many triangulated. Sure. So what happened in that 45-minute meeting? Nothing got resolved. Well, something got resolved, Well, yeah. but somebody decided to somebody triangulate decided. it. I got you. I you got see? You. So they didn't stick with what they'd agreed. So the big thing, whatever you're going to agree upon that meeting, everybody needs on to be the same page. That's when, why when you need that, people to vet, communicate, exactly. and put it on the table. You That's have it. to have good meetings where people can vet each other, like you said, uh, and, and you have to have the agreement that once we go past that door, you can't go triangulate. You can't give a okay. different opinion. So let's go through this. What, yeah. what does the weekly manager's meeting look like? And secondly, who should attend? Okay, the weekly manager's meeting should look like, uh, well, let me answer the second question first, is uh, the the executives need to not be present, okay? Uh, so you look at your organizational chart, and if you don't have a clear organizational chart, we'll start with something, okay? Pick the top leaders of your management team that represent the biggest or, or, or most uh, better defined departments and get them in the same room and say, gosh, we're going to meet for an hour, no more than an hour and a half. And we're going to discuss the major problems that we feel we need to address over the next 60 to 90 days. You uh, Managers could even do this. Go ahead and make an attempt at, at that meeting without talking to your staff first. Just bring your stuff. Like if I said, Gordy, 
in your company, okay, in the radio company, I'm sure you have three things that you feel we have to address over the next 60 days. Oh, no question. Well, what if I go in out and ask your director of sales? What if I go ask the director of IT? I'm not sure they're aligned, right? Okay, yeah. but if yeah. we tell everybody, bring the issues, right? And the first meeting, we're simply going to have a conversation, put them up on the board, and we're not going to leave this meeting without prioritizing gotcha. and agreeing. Look, if a management team just simply accomplishes that, okay, that's a great place. But to give you a little more structure, every one of the meetings has to have an agenda coming in, and then notes from the meeting have to be taken by somebody, you assign a note taker, who gets the notes out no later than the next morning. And what do you do the second meeting? Well, you pull out the notes and you say, all right, guys, we said this, we assigned these tasks. Where are we? Did everybody do what they were supposed to do? That discipline is what makes a manager meeting really possible because everybody realizes I have to show up at this meeting with an answer to what I was assigned. Okay, And if everybody realizes, okay, we're all going to commit to trust each other to do what we said we're going to do without being on top of each other, then it makes that meeting possible. And if Mm. we've agreed that out of these nine things, we're going to tackle the first one and come up with some good processes of how we're going to implement this, just say focus on that. Don't try to fix the world. You know, you're still a business after a lot of dysfunctionality, right? Well, the next four months of little less dysfunctionality isn't going to kill it. Just try to make good meetings by having your managers come in and try to do that, okay? What we do is we go in and help companies do that by helping them to set up those initial meetings and get them going. Uh, We have a lot of companies, Cordy, that say, look, we we don't have the budget to do this over nine months. Can you come in and help us to to do it over two months? Well, fine, let's get it started. We have a lot of companies that say, we don't have the budget for that. Can you just teach us for one day how to do it? Whatever your budget is, it, 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 it it can be started, whether it's to learn how to do it or just get the academic knowledge and do it yourself, the key thing is to get started with a simple ta- with a simple project of here are the things we want to accomplish in the next 90 days and commit to meeting again the following week. So that's – you talk about the gold star, the five-star thing that's got to happen. It's about the managers – meeting those are the people that keep you aligned and committing to a weekly meeting yeah i would even i wouldn't go as far as saying this that that of of all the skills and all the initiatives and the techniques and strategies uh there's not one any more important than that the middle managers get together on a weekly basis and learn how to work together so that they can do what that ferrari pit stop thing you know right problems come in they can get discussed well problems go out get resolved next you know, and as they practice better and better at it, they get they get really good at fleshing out problems, solutions. That that discipline is the one that allows everyone else to get aligned. When the middle managers get aligned, everyone else can get aligned. If the middle managers don't get aligned, then everyone's going to run around. Got no chance. Because they're, run they're around. Both ways. Emails right. increases. Hallway conversations are all over the place. Side sideways conversation because everyone's trying to work around each other. All right, Maurice, this can bring us to the end of our program today. Tell us one more time how sure. can people get involved and what are the steps to take if uh, they want you or some some way to get their team some help. And sure, get sure. Two of these are complimentary. I encourage everybody to take advantage of any one of these. Okay, first. Every month we offer a complimentary 90-minute breakfast for business owners and managers to come and learn about the alignment model and have a good round uh, roundtable discussion. Secondly, uh, instead of coming to a group meeting, have the same 90-minute meeting, but we come to your place and we meet with your executive teams and your managers and have the same roundtable discussion but tailored for your needs. It's a really good impacting session because we, we get a lot accomplished. The third option is more of training. 
Well, pick pick one of your executives uh, and one of your managers, and both of you come to our one day workshop. We encourage you that if you're going to send two, if you're going to send one person, bring a second. So uh, come in pairs, and that's a one day workshop from eight thirty to four thirty, chalk filled with the steps on how to do this, the do's and don'ts, which you can then go back and tell you the rest of the group and start practicing. It's very it's very applicable. Thank you, Maurice. You've been listening to Winning in the Workplace with Maurice Velasquez from Team Roller, and I'm Gordy Rush. And once again, give us that contact information. Sure. Thanks, Gordy. Appreciate it. Great show. Good working with you. My, uh, you can reach me at maurice at teamrealworld.com or call me at 225-772-4357. That's 772-HELP. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Winning in the Workplace on Talk 107.3 FM, WBRP.